starting right now. This is like the clash between my outlook on life and Mike's outlook on life. <laughs> NC State versus Lipscomb. <laughs> PNC Arena. Let's do it. Uh, just tell me what's next. I'm solely focused on the NIT. <laughs> it's the only thing on my mind right now. Good angles there. Good angles there. Ooh, Arkansas was doing work earlier. Yeah, Clemson bowed out pretty quickly. Yeah, they did. Welcome to the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast. We have arrived at the Sweet 16. We are back from Chuck Down on the weekend. Fantastic time, boys. And can I start by saying this? Thank you, Michael, for organizing. You did a fantastic job. Oh, yes, yes. You're very welcome, gentlemen. I hope um, I lived up to expectations. I, I hope I lived up to the marathon mentality and not the sprint. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was very impressed with you and all and our entire crew, actually. Uh, everybody yeah. really held it together well. You know, it's it's hard to see how it's all going to unfold when you go into an NCAA uh, opening weekend and you know, everybody really brought their A game. Um, I want to give special thanks to the guy who brought the uh, mini basketball hoop to attach to the uh, house that we were all staying in. As much money as we may have won or lost on the basketball games, uh, I know I lost way more on that little on mini hoop. Yeah. Uh, those games of pig that we were playing in there. So anyways, kudos to that guy. Taylor, you look <laughs> like you have something to say. I, I'm... I have so many things. Yeah. I have so many thoughts. Your heart is full. <laughs> I walked into the studio and both of you looked at me like, what's wrong with him? I think Mike called me a bag of rocks. And I made a reference to the Great Gatsby and about how I felt weighed down by the currents of time. And Luke laughed and I sank back into my chair and just let it all unfurl right. around me. Yeah, you remind me of the uh, mother who took her life in that show, First Man. That's, that's what you remind me of today. Good. That's what everybody wants to hear. That's exactly what I want to no, hear. It, it didn't go worse than your first Charleston experience, right? I mean, you did not end up at a day's end. I think that it's a win for you. I had a fantastic time you in Charlestown. I know, and you always kept your spirit high, which I, was a big help for me. I and, thought we were going to yeah. lose Guthrie after night one. Yeah. After watching Syracuse Baylor, I thought that he was going to break, but he didn't. He rallied. Well, you say it like he's he did make it back. We don't really know because he's not he he's not here with us. There's tonight. an empty <laughs> chair right here, just like Tiny Tim. I don't know if there's a crutch next to it, but there's an empty chair right next to me. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, right. it, it's like prison. You can have trouble readjusting to the outside <laughs> it, world when you come mm-hmm, back from the casino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Preach, brother. Preach. It's, it's weird that every breath I take isn't infused with like dense lungfuls of cigar smoke. <laughs> I also yeah. love that we were in a lodge and we had uh, multiple screens set up and yeah. some wireless activity going on. A lot of hedging in the lodge. Yes. It was the yes. lodge full of, uh, you know, middles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lodge of middles. That's a very good way to put it. You know, we, I think I was pretty successful at the casino, at the lodge. I was woefully unprepared let me tell you i guess that tells you i'm more city than country and there's one thing i'll remember from this trip it's mike uh placing a bet and then immediately coming back and being like i gotta get off it i got it <laughs> what can i bet to cancel it out i gotta we gotta just i'll lose the vig i gotta get off it yeah. i did that multiple times as well but you know what can i tell you something guys as much as it would have been glorious to just go in there guns blazing on minnesota and win the first three or four wagers and have a surplus I think there's something there's something beautiful about battling back 
Yeah, about the struggle. And staying the course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very saying, poetic of you. We've built ourselves a hole. We've dug a huge one. Right. We dug a little bit more on day two. Yeah. But we're not quitters. Well, and we're yeah. not going to stop. So, <laughs> and we actually rallied a little bit out of it. So we, we should summarize. I mean, man, what a tough start to the tournament. So it opens with Louisville, Minnesota, for those of you that don't remember. And Louisville just lays an egg. Can't contain Jordan Murphy. Can't contain Daniel Oturu. Just get absolutely hammered. And we it, went in there like kids in a candy shop, just ready to pick out the Louisville Cardinal as we want that one and we want lots of them. Yeah. You know, like you're in the donut shop. Give me that and give me a, just give me a yeah, dozen. Yeah. Give me two dozen. That's even, a very good analogy. We even had a phone call on our way up to the casino because I was driving separately from you two about it. Right. We were texting like all our friends spread across the nation, literally, like, take Louisville. We're, we're all in on Louisville right now. I don't care how many points they land. Five points, not enough. Right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, in my mind, I thought it should have been a 12-point line. I think they ended up losing by 10. And then that day is actually capped with another huge loss for us, which is Baylor-Syracuse. So the day opened horribly. It ended horribly with Baylor-Syracuse. And then we had Northeastern in the middle, and I still want oh, to get— Northeastern. T-shirts I, that say Northeastern Moneyline. <laughs> and I, I wanted to say ACC people, DJs on the front and Northeastern Moneyline on the let, back. Let me tell you, if you go back and listen to the last podcast where I went on a rant about Northeastern being able to beat Kansas, all of those reasons were still true, but it turns out that Auburn was much better at doing it than Northeastern. But right before Auburn's tip, you said we need to go Kansas big. <laughs> I was not there for that conversation. Yeah, I don't know what happens to me in the sports book. You know, I, everything changes. It's hard to get a winning bet up to the window sometimes. And uh, yeah, I got, I was a little behind. But speaking of the window, I do want to give a special thanks to uh, Randy and Brooks <laughs> of the Hollywood Casino and Sportsbook. They did a great job of taking care of us throughout the weekend. Got us our own private betting window throughout. Uh, let me tell you, they were way too anxious to take my money by Saturday. So, um, yeah, big thank you to uh, Randy and Brooks. Really appreciate it. <laughs> I will say, love Randy. Yeah. Small, not really a criticism. <laughs> Maybe something we could work on. We got a little inside tip, hot hot horse tip on the ponies. Right. Bet the jockey, Ramon Maldonado. <laughs> Guess what? No. Oh for four. He did not win a race yeah, while the, we were there. By the way, Hollywood uh, Sportsbook and Casino, the only place in America where you can watch the ponies run, hit the sportsbook, and have a casino all in one location. Live. live yeah. yeah, live. The pony yeah. run was one of the highlights of every single night. We oh, have yeah. a great time out yeah, there. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Taylor is in his element. We will tell you about one race where we were looking at horses. Taylor's like, I like number six. Like him. Look at him. And then he gets spooked. He runs out onto the track. This is in the showing Pre-race, time. yeah, yeah. He runs, to be clear, the horse, not me. The opposite <laughs> direction. <laughs> runs into the parking lot. Yeah, I the mean, horse ran into the parking lot. And they still let the horse run in the race. And Mike went for him 17 to 1. Oh, yeah. I immediately put $100 <laughs> on him. <laughs> and, and he came like, in dead no last. It, yeah. Yeah, it, turns like, no, out, do it turns out the horse exhausted himself. He did not do well the last <laughs> the last leg of the race. That was a great moment. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about our best wins. I felt like our best wins were like, wow, that was obvious. And it was an easy cover. Mm-hmm. But 
we looked at each other and like, why didn't we like um, empty our accounts or our wallets? Yeah. But I felt like that about Houston. I felt like that about the North Carolina halftime line. Yeah, the, the halftime line of the first round game was seven for the game. And man, that was just way too low. Ludicrous. The game for me was probably Iowa over Cincinnati. I went pretty yeah. big on that game. Um, that one felt pretty good to get right. Uh, it did because you went into the shower early in the morning and said, guys, I need to think about this. You were either, I, I don't know, you were in the bathroom in one way or another. Right, And right. you emerged after 10 minutes and you said it's Iowa we're going Iowa <laughs> Luca Garza might have become my new favorite player yeah. of this tournament I really enjoyed watching him work yeah it was he, fantastic. he had a great game yeah I always thought it would be the bear cage but no it was Luke Garza yeah he, he really manned up so Taylor what was Iowa. your best angle another thing I'll say about Luca Garza <laughs> is that no one asked for <laughs> yeah that no one wants to hear but I'm gonna say it anyways he comes from a family full of jockeys sounds like a jockey name doesn't it is yeah, that true because he's 6'11 so that seems weird uh Amazing eyebrows. Like, he doesn't have the unibrow, but we're still working on the personal branding. It's not quite mm-hmm. the unibrow, mm-hmm. but... Right, it's the Luke May. Thick, thick eyebrows. Okay. As a man who asks his barber to shave his eyebrows, like lighten them up a little bit, you uh-huh. know, just run a comb over them and then right. buzz a little bit, right. I sympathize with that. So, okay, props <laughs> to you, Luca. Nice eyebrows. <laughs> Taylor, what was your best moment play of the weekend? I can tell you, he didn't have one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, when you were like, what are our big wins? I thought to myself, oh, God. I got, yeah, well, I got we, went, we went bowling. Iowa. Bef- I we, liked went, Iowa. we went bowling before day three. That was probably your peak, I would think. Um, you know, I, I thought you were really on fire at the bowling alley. I had a great time. He had a lot of fire in his system also. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was... Especially for 10.30 in the morning. Oh, I... <laughs> I got up early, and by that I don't mean I physically got out of bed early. I mean he made bloody marys for the I entire crew, which was wonderful. Started yeah, drinking that, at breakfast. That yeah. was very nice of you. Yeah, I appreciated that. No, yeah, no. The, the other people moved their children away from from you and from us as a crew, uh, but by by like eleven thirty in the morning, I did yeah. feel bad that I you you told me later that I I wasn't aware that. I was in, within the earshot, but I used some strong language in front of some young children. Look, who's not excited about some old 10-pin at 11.15 uh, in the morning, okay? Know. That <laughs> explains a lot, because when we were doing the, the Saturday morning rundown of the games, um, I, I was very indignant about Purdue Villanova. You were. I was a voice crying in the wilderness, and then Taylor just kind of listened to me, bobbling. Now I know that he was toasted, <laughs> and then he just jots down Villanova. As you know, the guy just wrote Nova and circled it on a piece of paper. (laughs) You did. No, you wrote Nova and underlined it three times. And then I'm coming back from work later on because I actually had to go to Baltimore to call a game. And I'm in, all I can think about is one thing. And I'm like, Taylor, I can't get there in time. Please, please get me Purdue. Please get me Purdue. And Dave's like, yeah, yeah, we got it, man. We got it, man. I got you. I got you. And now I know that he was hammered the entire day. So all this makes sense. That's a strong word. Oh, good. I will say that I was flattered that Guthrie told me, one, Best Bloody Mary he's ever tasted in his life. Yeah. So that, that was oh, nice that to hear. Nice. And then also he told me that he has never been more impressed with me than when we stopped at Chick-fil-A and I ate three sandwiches and two milkshakes in the span of like 15 minutes. Yeah, that was that was really impressive. Let me tell and you. I, I mean, what do the, you guys eat for lunch? Because resu- I don't know. That seemed pretty normal Well, to me. it was 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the next two hours for you, it looked painful. I, I genuinely felt bad for you. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he made it to the horse race Yeah, at that's midnight. right. That's right. And we had uh, we had crab cakes. It was wonderful. Um, no, for the, for the first two days, though, of the tournament... The favorites went 12 and 20 against the spread. Unbelievable. The last two days of the tournament, the weekend, they ended up going 12 and three. Yep. Um, so, you know, quite quite the turnaround there. And 
You know, ACC teams opened, I think it was a collective 0 for 6 against the spread. The only one, um, you know, who ended up covering was Virginia Tech against the worst team in the tournament so far this year, the uh, St. Louis <laughs> Pelicans. <laughs> that was a game we probably should have hammered a little harder. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, kind of an interesting run, you know, the tale of a... Uh, you know, the first versus second round in this tournament. So you really saw these teams really get their legs a little bit. I'll be interested to see if in the Sweet 16 you kind of see a similar vibe. Let's talk about the Sweet 16, right? Yeah, the sweetest 16. Are we going to do a bracket between the three of us? Maybe Guthrie, you know? We'll make Guthrie listen to this podcast later on and catalog all our picks. Okay. And write (laughs) them into a spreadsheet. Yeah. That's fair. He's good for that. He's good for that. I think he's probably doing that now. He's probably actually waiting with the spreadsheet. Let's talk about tonight's games. Okay. Yeah, I mean, everyone's probably listening to this on yeah, Thursday. Probably I'm assuming, Thursday morning. Unless you're really a degenerate and really a fan. Like like Taylor said, you know, we don't have the largest fan base, but we have right. the most loyal. Oh, that, that was actually like the best part. Like we're, we're Inus, right? Didn't you that, say that? Yeah. That was actually the best part. We actually met a fan while we were there. And the best part is how offended he was that Taylor was not a diehard NC State fan. Like he was <laughs> legitimately hurt that Taylor Look, was not like super he, into I'm NC an, State. I am an NC State fan. I didn't go to NC State or grow up in Raleigh, and he had never been more betrayed in his life. Right, yeah. I could see the blood drain from his face as I told him that. So before we get into the Sweet 16, do you want to take a moment or two? And as NC State is currently playing Lipscomb, do you want to say a farewell note to NC State uh, before we get to the Uh, Sweet 16? farewell? (laughs) Or or you think they're going to win this game? As we record, they're up 13-11 to Uh against Lipscomb, the Lipscomb Bisons. And... um, I really do believe what I said. I see this as kind of a a culture war between my outlook on life and your outlook on life. Lipscomb versus NC State. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, is this like one of those episodes of Curb where like you're in the middle and you're being called by the two sides to come over? Like, Larry, come over to this side. No. Are NC State's not fans calling you? Or is the other... I, mean, I, I feel know. no call to go over the Lips- Lipscomb side. That's totally Mike Steele. Well, I'm just saying any wow. other fan base. Wow. Lipscomb's good. Okay. I'm, I mean, <laughs> not good enough to... Beat Liberty? Beat NC State, yeah, mm. or Liberty. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, NC no, State no having final a great, words. great run in the NIT. I hope it continues. We'll update you later in the podcast. Yeah, we're, <laughs> That's we're, all ba- we'll say. we're back to the big dance, gentlemen. <laughs> what a, what an absolute yeah. train Hashtag wreck not an NC State fan. A segue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first game. I, yeah. So what do you got? What's the actual first game? Gonzaga, um, Florida State. I have this memorized. I've been oh. thinking about this nothing else since Sunday. Okay, alright, alright. So I'm thinking of nothing else, Mike. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see it in your eyes. Um, so what what do you like about this game? What have, what have you seen? To, give me give me your Luke, uh, your Luke viewpoint of this Gonzaga-Florida State matchup. Well, I, I told you before, while we were waiting for Taylor. Mm-hmm. We are always waiting for Taylor. He's and I said... Always late. Has Gonzaga really played a team... A like Florida State, late. who's going to try to run you off the line, is going to play tight man, who has a stable full of players. I know Kofor's going to be out for this one. Um, best wishes to the Kofor family Yeah, um, as they try to rec- recover from this. But I-, I just don't think Gonzaga's played a team like Florida State, and I think 7.5 to 8 is just too much. Now, what I've been hearing from Little Birds, you know I have Little Birds all over the place. I'm aware. That there's been a lot of FSU action coming in. Vegas is holding strong on this line. They are holding strong. I don't know if they're expecting sharp money because some bookmakers, I'll tell you this, they know if sharps are going to come in on the other side mm-hmm. because they have they have back and forth conversation. They will contact sharps 
or you know big time players in Vegas who have big bankrolls and say, "Hey, we're getting a lot of Florida State money. Do you want Gonzaga? Uh, like, can you you promise me like you're going to come in on Gonzaga?" And they have those conversations all the way in the buildup. Hmm. So that makes me a little bit concerned about Florida State on the basketball court. I think they're going to cover. I just I don't see the case for them not keeping this close. And we I, can start I mean, by we can start by Roy Hashimura. I think he's going to be hounded. I think he'll be tagged constantly. I think so Florida who's, State who's has guard, three. Who's guarding Rui in your mind in this matchup? I think Kevin Gelly. Kevin Gelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that he plays significant minutes in this one, and I think they can throw different looks at him. Maybe they'll throw Kamaji for a couple possessions just to throw him off. Right. Maybe they'll throw somebody smaller on him. I mean, and you name a similar maybe a, maybe a Terrence Mann. You know, yeah. I could see Terrence Mann bothering him. I actually think this would be a great game for Phil Phil Kofer if he's going to be around. You know, I think Phil would be a nice matchup for Rui Hachimura here. That hurts a little bit. Yeah, I think it, it does hurt him a little. Secondly, bit. Secondly, you know how much I distrust um, Perkins. Right, Josh Perkins. This seems <laughs> like a turnover nightmare for him, like right. a catastrophe game of turnovers. Right, and and he's been much better this year. Let's let's give Josh some credit. He has been much better this year than in years past, um, especially his sophomore year where he turned it over like 25% of the time. Um, however, he is going to be guarding one of the more elite point guard defenders in Trent Forrest, who you saw, you know, not shut down John Morant, but... Give John Moran enough trouble to where he wasn't able to go full John Morant. So, yeah, I mean, I expect Perkins to to definitely not be able to have the ball in his hands as much as he'd like. I just feel like this is a coin flip game, and if you're going to give me seven and a half, I have to take Florida State. They believe they can beat Gonzaga. They did it last year. They blew him out last year. I was going to say that's the that's the blueprint, right? I'm sure everybody's thinking about the personnel is very year. similar. That's right, very similar. I mean, Tilly didn't play in last year's game, right? David Nichols added. Okay, yeah. great. So it's different. <laughs> Wonderful. Just throwing it out there. All instant offense, David Nichols. I mean, don't he, sell he, had he had a heat check of the semis of the ACC tournament. Yeah, he I, did. He I, did. Think that's gonna be the, I think that's going to be the big sticking point of the game is the Florida State offense. Um, I, I kind of agree. I think Florida State's going to cover uh, just because their defense will keep them close. I think they can – Gonzaga likes to play really fast, and I think Florida State will be fine with that. Um, it almost plays to Florida State's strengths if they can – Get Gonzaga, you know, I mean, doing kind of careless things. With Florida the ball. State just somehow manufactures points. I don't really know how they just get them up on the board. A lot of it at the stripe. So I, I just think it's going to continue. Gonzaga's mm-hmm. not really a great defensive team. I mean, they're very pedestrian, hmm. very. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, I would I would agree that seven and a half points seems like too much here. Um, I do think that Gonzaga is the better team overall. I, I don't, agree. I don't I don't even really think that's close. And one thing that we talk about in these late round matchups are you know, is coaching. And man, give me Mark Few all day over over Leonard Leonard Hamilton. I mean, that's got to be worth at least six points by itself. Um, so, you know, I think that seven and a half is too much, but if you're going to ask me to bet it, I'm probably going to bet on Gonzaga. Wow. I'm probably going to take Gonzaga. I think it's. I think it ends up being a double-digit game. I like him here. There it is. There's my pick. Well, to back up a little bit of your blueprint, you could say the ACC title game against Duke, right? Was an, an eight-point line, mm-hmm. and Duke wins by, what, 11 or so? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. So maybe, maybe yeah, I mean, better you, team you theory it. just you does it out. It. And I'll say Gonzaga's also been playing better defensively than uh, than they had been earlier in the year. So. Okay, Purdue, Tennessee will tip off 20 minutes after the start of the Zags and the Knolls. We have Tennessee giving a point and a half. Ooh, only a point and a half. 
only a point and a half. Yeah. Now, Luke. Do you I think know. people are getting too cute in this game? I think they are getting way too cute. Okay. I think that people really like Purdue right now. I think that they're really talking themselves into Purdue. I, I think that Purdue has had a fairly easy walk up to this round. I mean, not as easy as some teams as we'll talk about later today, but, you know. ODU, you know, kind of a more deliberate team, but not dissimilar from a lot of Big Ten teams that Purdue had seen throughout the year. Um, and then Villanova, you know, I just don't know that Villanova was ever very good. And no. I, I think that I you knew that when you were looking at that matchup. Um, you know, I think when we had talked about Phil Booth, we made a lot of Phil Booth jokes in Char- in Chucktown. Um, and, and then uh, the, the <laughs> second part was, oh, well, they've got Eric Pascoe. And I'm like, Great. Yeah. And then yeah, what? Exactly. Then they have the guy that's not Archie Diacono. You know, that was, you know, Colin Gillespie. Um, and so, the corpse of Javon Quinarly. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. So, you know, I think Purdue is a bit overvalued. I don't like the way they close out the Big Ten. You know, Carson Edwards is their team. You know, Matt Harms, I know, has been playing better. Um, you know, no gel Eastern, I, I still think is super important. He hasn't had a big tournament so far. I, I think Tennessee is going to win this game and win it handily. I think they have much better guard play than Purdue. Hmm. And I, I just think that Turner and Bone, I, they're too much. They're just too much for them. And, you know, no matter what size Purdue has down low with Harms and maybe even Boudreaux to a lesser degree, uh, there's, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. I think people are getting way too cute on this game. I'd love to, lo- love to have Tennessee here, minus one and a half. Okay, counterpoints. The coaching battle. You just mentioned it being important this round. It is. You've got it Painter is. versus Barnes. I think Painter's got at least three points here, right? Mm. It's, your, it's your big take coach of the year. Especially the NCAA tournament. The NCAA tournament, Barnes might be laying five. Uh, yeah. At least. <laughs> what is the farthest that Barnes has ever gone in the tournament? Do you guys know, like off the top of your head? I do not. Has he made a Final Four? No. No, never a Final how, Four. Right? How far has the Texas team gone? That's all you yeah, have to ask. They lost in the second round with. Kevin Durant, right? Or, uh, first round. Yeah, I think wow. he lost first round with that's, Kevin Durant. That's the only thing I remember. Yeah, about. I think the farthest I remember a Barnes team getting was the Elite Eight. Um, anyways. But that's kind of unfair. Anyways. It, it is what it is. Taylor um, loves Rick Barnes. Just say it. Yeah. I still can see that smile on your <laughs> the face. More, the more I hear you guys like talk about how bad he is, I'm like, you know, I kind of like Rick Barnes. Yeah, let me tell you about Rick Barnes. <laughs> um, yeah, I so mean, I, I think I this don't is like the stay here. away. This is a stay away game for me, as is the next one, Texas Tech, Michigan. We'll get there momentarily. Those are oh. my two stayaways. I I plan on not putting any kind of backing with that, whether that's physical, spiritual, mentally, or financially, <laughs> in front of. Either of these games, so all right, yeah, I'll be going. I, I'll, I'll be going on uh, Tennessee. Yeah, that's for sure. I definitely. I can't wait to bet against Purdue in this game. I mean, yeah. and one of these times when I keep betting against Purdue, I'm going to be right. Continue <laughs> to convince me. I want. I want to be convinced. I, I think Purdue gets beat up by teams who are uh, really physical inside. You're right. You know, we talked about this. Yeah, we, we did. We did. And I think in our I, preview show, I think Tennessee is going to just murder them in that area. I think that uh, the backcourt of Tennessee is going to limit Carson Edwards a lot and I don't think Purdue has enough with him you know he's going to he's going to have at least what five to ten shots a game where he gets frustrated and takes these crazy like contested fadeaway long twos or threes that are just bad shots and um Tennessee's not going to let him have the second chances, and Tennessee's going to be able to score on him. And how about this? You know, Tennessee just dealt with a three-point shooting team in Iowa. It's probably a better three-point shooting team than Purdue, so why not do it again? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I I, I think you're you're right on the money. Come on, join us. I, I'm in. 
Okay, Count all right, you're in. in, you're in. So this, this is this might not be a stay away from me anymore. Yeah, I could see Guthrie going, guys, guys, Purdue, Purdue, <laughs> man, Purdue. So that's good. So we're not all on the same team. So Guthrie's that's on good. an island. That's good. Good. good job, Guthrie. All right, so all right, Texas Tech, Michigan. I, I've been all on the Red Raiders. I love them so much throughout the course of this season into the postseason. I thought they were being undervalued after that wonky loss to West Virginia. <laughs> um, we did well in Texas Tech in both contests. Yes. Of the first weekend of the tournament. Yes. We did poorly on Michigan. For some reason, we've been shorting this Michigan team too much, and it, it came back to bite us last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. On two occasions, Montana and then Montana first half, which was ludicrous. That was late at night, folks. It was late yeah, that was late. 10 o'clock p.m. Yeah. And then uh, Florida-Michigan. Yeah. Which is understandable, but... Yeah, that Florida-Michigan game, uh, that game got away from Florida there in the end. I, I still believe Nebhard was the best player on the floor, but yeah, Michigan was too tough. That Isaiah Livers dunk coast-to-coast was epic. Here's my question. Is Michigan just upset-proof? Are they not going to lose to a team who they're favored against? Uh, I'm I still I'm still really open to shorting Michigan. Really? Um, yeah, I... You know, I, I like Texas Tech, but so there are a couple keys to this game for me. And I, was, I actually thought about this game the whole drive in. Um, I have a 45-minute drive into studio. So I, I thought about this game pretty extensively. So the actual matchups here are pretty awesome. So like Moretti versus Simpson, right? These are two guys that pretty much run their teams. I, I got to give the edge to Simpson here. Um, you know, I, I think that he's a he's a better defender than Moretti. I think Moretti's three point shooting is so critical, and the three point shooting of Texas Tech as a whole is so critical to what they do. And it is actually Michigan's best defensive strength. Um, the other the other matchup, and to me the most important matchup of the day, is going to be Poole versus Mooney. Um, you know, Mooney I think is the key for Texas Tech. I think he's actually been a step slow in the tournament. I don't know if there's an injury history that I'm not aware of, but he doesn't quite he doesn't look very comfortable. He doesn't look like he's playing very well right now. I think they need him to be able to score points against this Michigan team. And I'm actually nervous about that. Um so, you know, that that is kind of my big concern right now for Texas Tech. Um I don't know. Do you guys see anything else in the game? Yeah, I don't know if I'd focus quite on Mooney as being the offensive key to Texas Tech. I, I'm telling you, he's the man. I, you know, he is the key, he is the key guy that creates movement in that offense. He's a great driver of the basketball. I think when you look at it matchup wise against Michigan, I think that he has the best matchup against Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is by far the worst defender on Michigan. You know, I know it's all going to be about Culver, but Culver's what about Eddie Nobody's so, mentioning him. Yeah, I mean, I don't like his matchup with Teske. I'll be honest. Um, I I just don't think that I think Teske's bigger. He's he's just as mobile. Um, I. And, and, you know, I don't like the matchup with Charles Matthews against Culver. I think Matthews is a very good defender. And and Iggy, I think Iggy won't have a problem with Tariq Owens. Um, So, you know, as much as I like Texas Tech and and I want to short Michigan, on the drive-in I was just thinking, man, if Matt Mooney was playing at the top of his game, I would love to be all over Texas Tech. He'd give them the spacing they need, but he's not playing well. My question is I don't know how Michigan scores in this game. See, here's I I, really don't know. I think that – Texas Tech, dare I say, has been a little bit overrated. And I mean, I know they were only a three seed, but like among people who follow it, everyone loves to, and I like Texas Tech, but I think their defense has covered up for the fact that their offense is not as good as the numbers might suggest. You know, I mean, Jarrett Culver takes the by far the highest percentage of their shots. He's not really that efficient of a scorer. Michigan is an amazing defensive team. He takes a lot of like 
very high degree of difficulty shots. And he's great because he makes them. But against an elite defensive team like Michigan, I don't know. I think that they put Mooney in a lot of pick and rolls. He's not a great finisher at the rim. He settles for a lot of contested jump shots. When they're struggling to score, like they did for times, and, and you know, especially in their first round game, it's because they never take a shot within like 17 feet or something like that. They they end up just like settling for stuff because they don't have I, I don't think they really they they're not an amazing, like incisive passing and cutting team. So they end up playing a lot of like pick and roll and then getting into ISO and spot up shooting and stuff. And I think that Against a team like Michigan, here's, Michigan's going to limit that. Here's the counter, though. So their offense is not very rhythm oriented. That's true. So generally, I tend to go with Michigan if they were playing against a team who is very fluid, because they're going to get them out of their fluidity due to their defensive prowess. I think Texas Tech is going to take very similar shots to what they've taken all season long against. Michigan, and I don't think there's going to be that much of a change. I mean, so, from somebody who watches Virginia constantly. I've seen it. I've seen you know the pack line. Maybe it's not necessarily as efficient if you're going against a team. I don't know, like Georgia Tech in the first half when they played them. It's like Georgia Tech is doing their their nonsense offense, and they're still getting the same stuff that they did against you know whoever else. Name another team. They're still going to get it. I mean, they're, it's not a good shot, but that's what Texas Tech is. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Michigan's going to do anything extra to bother like Culver taking a, an 18 footer. Or making him take a little baseline hook shot. I don't know if they can do anything else that would make that a worse shot. I think Texas Tech is going to continue to shoot, except for the perimeter. That is a good point, Mike. I I think they'll be a little bit more guarded from the perimeter. But everything in the interior, I think they're still going to get. I'd be interested to know what the over-under is for this game. Because it makes me think, I think you're going to get a lot of people like, the over might move a little bit. And you might get a little value on the under because people assume it's like Michigan, whatever. There's going to score a bunch of points. You might get a yeah, line that you would I, like. I, mean, I, don't I think know. everybody's on the under the, with this one because you got yeah. the top two defenses the, in the country. The, the under makes me think. Yeah, I mean, what is what is the over under? It's probably like 118. Oh, I mean, wow. that seems to be like the go to under that I've seen so far this tournament is 118. Like, oh, team's super slow, like you know, borderline terrible on offense. Yeah, the under will be 118. Um, but regardless, if you're just looking at the plus two line um, for Texas Tech, I think it it'd be easy to be on that line. But I would be on Michigan minus two. I just, especially, you know. I'm with you. I, great coaching I matchup in, as well. I believe wow. in Michigan minus two. Me too. And that's. Oh, no. One, that means Texas Tech will almost certainly win this game. <laughs> I was playing devil's advocate with te- Texas Tech. I'm in on Michigan as well. I'm not going to short them a third time. Yeah. I'm it's not going to do it's it. It's a tough matchup. Tough matchup for those guys. But Next. So, so is this, now we're on to the last game of Thursday. Is that right? We are, yeah. Which is Virginia, Oregon. Oh, Virginia. Do you know anything about this Virginia team, Luke? I've heard a couple things. <laughs> so this this line. What are your birds telling you? Your little birdies. Yeah. What what are you hearing? What's this line is eight and a half. It's eight and a half. Let me tell you, my little birdies say, way too much. Take the points. That's what my little birdies are telling me. What what do you what do you know? Though? I think you're overthinking this one. <laughs> I've been known to get too cute. Top team in the ACC against a upper echelon Pac-12 team. Let's just start there. <laughs> Virginia will have the best three players on the floor. I don't think Peyton Pritchard is better than the big three. That's okay. a problem already. Kenny Wooten? Kenny Wooten, did we know his name before the Pac-12 tournament? 
Yeah, I mean, I just he knew did? his name because he blocked a ton of shots. That's all I know. Okay, all right. Yeah. That's great. Is he related to Victor Wooten, the famous bass musician from Bela Fleck? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty I'm sure, a big yes. Victor Wooten fan. <laughs> <laughs> Huge Victor Wooten fan, yeah. yeah. Are okay. you a big Future Man fan? Uh, you know, I, it's his brother. I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. You didn't know Future Man and Victor Wooten are brothers? I did not. Mm. I did not. Maybe Kenny's a long lost cousin. I was going to say, cousin. it's three brothers because Kenny Wooten is also the... That's <laughs> yeah. number two. Number three. I don't know how Oregon's going to manufacture points in this game. I know their offense has been very good, but, I mean, they were playing against... I mean, I, I guess you're playing against a Wisconsin defense who knows what they're doing, but that Wisconsin team was, by the end of the year, yeah, they, they were, were like a decaying fossil. <laughs> the wheels were off. Yeah, yeah it was, the it was trouble. Um, now, that UC Irvine team was humming, though. I, I, mean, worry, I worry about foul trouble with mm-hmm. Oregon. I worry about a drought like we saw the six-minute drought against Irvine. If that happens... It seems like a what Virginia fans would call cavalanche time. Yeah, they're going to try to run Virginia off the three-point line. That's the strategy. That's what Data said in his press conference earlier today. We're taping this on a Wednesday, by the way. But, I mean, everybody's trying to run Virginia off the line these days. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I think Ty Jerome's going to try to stick his head down and get downhill. I think Hunter's going to try to get downhill. I think they're just going to attack the rim and uh, see what happens. And, yes, the Oregon has length. Do they have a rim protector? Not really. Mm. Wooten, sure, you could say that, but I, I don't know. I don't know how he's going to block like a Huff, Diakite, any of the trees coming in. And, and let me make one more argument on your behalf. Okay, before, before you start the Oregon. Before, before I start. Um, <laughs> you know, this game is also going to be played at the Yum Center in Louisville. So and Kyle you know, Guy has not hit a three at the Yum Center, right? Has never hit one? Oh, he hasn't in two years. Wow. Maybe. In his head. In his head. But anyways, I was going to say that, you know, Virginia's dominated that Louisville team for a number of years. Um, and their greatest comeback that I can remember was in the Yum Center not so long ago. So happy memories from Virginia, you know, there, there in Louisville. So, you know, I like to think that, that it's got to be nice to play in an arena that you know and that you're comfortable in as well. In a hotel you're comfortable in as well. Right. Yeah. Look, as a guy who doesn't sleep well when he's away from home... You know, because I, I tell you, I didn't sleep in Charlestown. Uh, it's because your your head was rolling. Your mind was <laughs> moving. Plus, the guys had fleece sheets. Who has fleece sheets? Right, anyway, <laughs> just a side note for our Airbnb host, Joshua. Um, anyways. Another shout out. It gets cold up there in the mountains. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Also, at the casino, apparently, it does get cold for us. Um, but anyways, um, for for the Oregon argument, Taylor, do you, did you, you seem like you wanted to say something. I, I'll just say uh, in regards to that like conference-oriented argument, you know the Pac-12. Pac-12 being terrible. Yeah, Oregon has actually has been really hot. They've been playing really well. If you look at not just the fact that they've won a lot of games recently, you know, since middle of February, they haven't lost. Their numbers, if you look at like how well they've done re- against their competition, has been really good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's true. And in the tournament too. Yeah, and they I mean, have. They I think they produced the second most efficient offensive game in in the I mean, against Wisconsin all year. You know, including all Big Twelve play, all that. So right. Yeah, I mean, offensively they're humming. And know, and they well. have a great defense. They're gonna like you said, if they if the Virginia guards like put their head down and go to the basket, Oregon has the ninth best block percentage in the nation. So I mean, they have rim protection. It's yeah. It's not like they have you know. Taco Fall standing under there, but they have a lot. They have shot blockers. And That's true. A lot of as Wooten, but it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult if Virginia runs off the line and goes to the basket. 
It's not just a matter of like it's going to be an open layup. So I think that's the, you know, that's the recipe if you think about the Oregon defense. I kind of agree on the Oregon offense, and I'll probably and I will say this about go Pritchard. with Virginia. They're comfortable playing slow. Oregon's comfortable playing slow. They're not going to be thrown off by that pace. If there's one thing Bennett likes to do, he likes to put a little Belichick out when he sees a player who's very high usage rate going against him. So it's okay. Maybe we'll put Hunter on him and see if they can try to get a switch and get him off of him. So, I mean, yeah, will, will Oregon be able to get switches? Sure. Can they run some weave? Absolutely. But I think a lot is going to be on Peyton Pritchard. Do you trust him? Or are you going to put, you know, put your chips in front of him? Because I think he's the key to this game for Oregon. I, yeah, I, I agree with you on Pritchard. I think I, at least offensively, he, he will be everything for them. And when I look at this game, I see, I see the Florida State game. You know, I, I see Oregon, and it is Peyton Pritchard in a team of 6'9 wings. Right? Oregon doesn't have a single player over 6'9 that'll play any significant minutes against Virginia, but nobody will be under 6'9. And they have excellent defenders who will, who will meet UVA at the line with length and athleticism. And I, I've seen that bother Virginia at times this year. Um, so I... I agree that they'll struggle to score, but I think they'll score enough. And I, you know what? This is my prediction. I think you get your very first buzzer beater of the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. in this game. I think UVA hits a shot at the buzzer to win. I'm going to go with, of course, it's got to be Ty Jerome because the man will not give up the ball in the last possession. It's unbelievable. Uh, but I'll go with a Ty Jerome <laughs> miss and a Jay Huff tip in for a buzzer beater game, Virginia. But yeah, I definitely think Oregon covers. I'm going to go maybe against my better judgment here because I – it might be closer, but I'm going to take Virginia. Uh, and I eight, saw eight and a half. I saw somebody comment online. I think it may have been our our friend friend of the podcast, Jordan Sperber, um, talk about how in the second half of that Oklahoma game, Virginia didn't run a single possession of the mover blocker. I believe they did continuity ball screen. They did continuity ball screen 100 percent of the time. Not a single possession of mover blocker, which like even a year ago would have been unthinkable. Which gives me, it makes me think that there's a little bit more in that offensive arsenal than what we've been talking about. So better offense beats better defense. That's true. That's true. But I tell you, Oregon's a confusing defense. They're the only team in the country that I've looked at that plays half their possessions in zone, half their possessions in man. Um, It's gonna. I think it's gonna throw UVA off, and it's gonna really. really challenge their shooters. So hmm. I, it's going to be a great game um, if I can stay up, and I'm old, so it's going to be a struggle. But if I can stay up to watch it's it, It's certainly a good sign for the Oregon defense that they can force really long, like grind out possessions, but then they also have an incredibly high turnover rate. Like they, I think we're going to know who's going to win this game, and we're, we're going to know how the line's going to shake out by halftime. Hmm. Maybe so. I mean, yeah, you don't see it as it. They always say basketball's a game of runs. This game is not going to be a no, game of runs. It's not. <laughs> no, not to at be all. a game of droughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let's go on to the Friday slate, which I think is incredible. Friday's such a it's a better day of basketball. Michigan State LSU. I have strong feelings about this. Ooh. Number one is coaching and. Mm. We saw what Tony Bedford did in the second half against Yale. We saw what he did in the second half against Turgeon and the Marylanders. And both times, his opposition came back on him. It was like an adjustment was made, but there was no counter-adjustment at all. Mm. I worry about this LSU team after halftime especially. I think they can keep it close in the first half against Michigan State, but also look how Michigan State dealt with Minnesota. I mean, they dealt with Murphy pretty well. 
So do you think Naz Reed's just going to go wild against Michigan State? I tend to think not. Yeah. I mean, we watch Naz Reed play, and every single time we watch Naz Reed play— It's like play, it's an adventure. That's dude, what I said. It is an adventure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, guy has natural gifts. There's no doubt about it. But, man, just looks so turnover prone, and you just you don't know what he's doing. It, it was an adventure is a perfect way to put it because every time we had LSU money and Naz Reed touched the ball, I kind of freaked out a little bit. I, I had a mini panic attack. That's bullet point number one. Number two. Oh, Cassius Winston or Tremont Waters? Who would you take if you were drafting? I, like I in, a, in, in a street ball schoolyard yeah. pickup game, dude. I love I love Cassius Winston. I think Cassius Winston's a, a top two point guard in the country. So I, I would go with Cassius Winston just because of his length and his uh, just his pace. No, Tremont Waters is great, uh, you know, especially in a game like Mar- in that Maryland game when he's able to get in the paint at will. Um, and live there, but he's only got one speed. You know, Cassius Winston has several, and he can control the pace of the game. So, yeah, I'm a Cassius guy. So that's my theory on Michigan State. Those are three bullet points. Let's review. Coaching, interior defense, and the point guard battle. So whoever's going to be the initiator, we like Winston more, unless Taylor wants to take some uh, waters over there. You're welcome to. But – um. Winston's a better shooter too. You can score from. This is more just too low. This is mm-hmm. what should be the eight and a half point game, not Virginia, not Gonzaga. This mm-hmm. should be the eight and a half point game, and it's six. So, yeah. And why? Why do you think it is six? I mean, do you think that people are just enamored with LSU right now? People like the story of LSU. People see the raw talent of LSU when they play. I don't think people are as in love with Michigan State as, as maybe the three of us. Or maybe the two of us. I think everyone watched LSU's first half and said they got this in the bag and didn't watch the second halves. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true, too. They've looked phenomenal in those first halves. Yeah. They really have. And atrocious in the second halves. But, you know, I think LSU, from listening to some of their um, fan service podcasts and maybe even reading some of their message boards, they do generally have a bit of a lack of focus. Um, I, I could see some of that creeping in, especially in preparation for this game. Um you know, I I like I like what Izzo's doing this year. I mean, I I think you've probably heard a lot of people talk about it. The comeback tour of Izzo, people have been uh, kind of uh, you know hating on Izzo for the past couple of years. I think he's back. Um, you know, and I like the matchups for Michigan State. I mean. To me, I mean, he is a little overrated as far as his resume, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe, his resume maybe. is overrated. One national title, uh, a Final Four, we got absolutely demolished by Hansborough and Roy and, and Carolina. Yeah, and a maybe. game which, you know, you know he's was a one Hall of the of worst coach, national though. title games of all time. He's a Hall of Fame coach. I, yeah. I mean, I think people are excited about LSU because, not just because of like the team performance, but if you're just an outside observer, haven't watched them a lot, you hear about like Waters, maybe Nasreed, maybe Smart coming back. Right. You hear all that, and then you watch the games in the tournament, and like Big B Williams had 20 points in the first game. Uh, mm-hmm. Skylar Mays is like knocking down threes all over the place and has a bunch of points in both those games. Right, right. And you're seeing like it's not just those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I just I think Michigan State is is a tough matchup for them. I think they're going to be able to match up with them physically. I think LSU is going to have trouble penetrating and getting into the paint. Yeah. Waters is going to have trouble like weaving it out the same way he did against you know Yale or Maryland sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm surprised. The, I'm not surprised the line is not higher. Um, but I like Michigan State. In this yeah, match. I think what people don't realize is that Michigan State's bigs here are are better and they're much better. 
Um, you know, give me Xavier Tillman all day. There's no one on that court that Xavier Tillman can't guard. Um, you know, give me Nick Ward in the post against Bigby Williams all mm-hmm. day, making rim runs. I, it's just going to be it's going to be a total. If they want, if LSU wants to turn it into a track meet, all the better for Michigan State. You know, they they'll gladly run out um, with them. I. I don't. Th- I don't see a scenario. Every single one, whether you talk about half court or you know fast break, that LSU is not or M- Michigan State is not the better team. So um, yeah, I'll be I'll be all over them in this game. I I really like them here. Me as well. That's a consensus again. Again. What's wow. our other consensus? Let's think back. We uh, have Tennessee Michigan, as a consensus. Michigan, I think. Michigan. I don't feel great about that. It's just because I'm not going to go against them again. Mm. And we had one more. Right? I don't think, no, I think no. that was it. That We're was split it. on Florida State and Zag. We're split on Virginia. And okay, so let's go to Auburn, North Carolina. Oh, the game that everybody man. wants to watch from Kansas City. Dude, this City. is going to be the game. This is going to be the game. It certainly looks like it's going to be the most fun to watch. It's oh, going to be yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give the case for Auburn to start. Okay. Okay. If they can get back in transition defense, they can hurt North Carolina with their speed. Mm-hmm. We saw it with Kentucky back in that December game. I've been thinking a lot about that game. I haven't started watching tape of it, but I might tonight. Mm, never too late. Where it's like, okay, yeah, we'll see you <laughs> Kentucky Wildcats, see if you can run with this North Carolina team. Oh, at your own risk, at your own peril, do so. And they did, and they got layups. And when Carolina tried to run, they, they were running against five guys who were already back. <laughs> and I think that's the formula for Auburn. I think they can pull it off. Wow. Man. I don't think they're going to win, though. I think they can pull it off. What is the pull off the cover? What is the line? I think they can hit a late three, which makes them lose by four. (laughs) (laughs) That's very specific. Uh, Well, that's just the case, Robert. I'm not sold on that yet, but that's just the blueprint. Okay, with the Kentucky blueprint, they might be able to shoot North Carolina out of this one. There's a world in which that scenario exists. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they. I mean, it's it's a distant land. Yeah, they couldn't miss in the first two rounds. Here's the thing about the the difference between Auburn and Kentucky on the defensive end is that Kentucky actually plays defense. Uh, <laughs> that is true. And they are great at playing de- They actually guard people and don't let you go wherever you want. Auburn literally only does two things. They try to steal the ball, and if they miss on the first pass or the first like dribble, all they try to do is block your shot at the rim. Or they're number one in steal percentage. They're number right? one in steal percentage, yeah. and they're and what are they like number five in block? They're close percentage to that in block percentage. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but that's, so it's like the Duke Blue Devils. But every a little bit, every other single metric, Duke is better in at defense. Every other single metric in defense, if they don't get the steal or they don't get the block, they are not good. <laughs> they're just not good. Um, so if North Carolina is going to hold onto the ball and not get blocked every single time, I mean they're going to get their points. You saw mm-hmm. it in. Every game Auburn's played, there's lots of, you know, it's either a steal and a run out or it's a wide open dunk or layup for the other team or a wide open three, a corner three or something like that. Um, right. I, it's going to be exciting. I'm probably going to go with North Carolina just because, you know, this is an ACC podcast and what do I have to lose? <laughs> yeah, you're I, not going to lose any fans by picking yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, I got no other explanation. Um, I think they're, like, more well-rounded. Auburn's pretty... As I've noted, on defense and on offense, Auburn's pretty one note. Um, and I think North Carolina's defense has been a big part of what they've been able to do. They have yeah. a good defense. People ignore that. So 
yeah. Man. Take UNC. I tell you, the biggest. Okay, so you're you're on Auburn, Luke. No, I'm Taylor's... not. I just said I would start with the case for Auburn because okay. I didn't think anybody we're was going to make we're it. We're going to say that you're on Auburn and Taylor's <laughs> on UNC. I tell you, the biggest line movement I've actually seen is in the offshore books uh, taking uh, Roy Williams to have a Vertigo episode, which is all the way down to plus nine hundred, which is really a surprise. Is me. that a real line? Opened at plus fifteen hundred. Because part of me thinks that's <laughs> funny, and part of me is like. N- that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, they, part of he wants to be Humans are, peop- are <laughs> horrible people. I, mean, yeah. I can't even say it. Yeah, yeah, people are the worst. Hell is other people. People are the worst. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, outside of line movement, um, you know, I, I think this game is like the ultimate gut check for UNC season in terms of how much they've grown up, right? Like in that Wofford game, the very first game to open the year, they pulled Kobe White, I think, three different times for turning the ball over too much. Um, they, they were putting in, believe it or not, seventh Woods to take care of the ball, um, which Good is gracious. which is funny now. Um, yeah, I don't think seventh Woods touches the floor just with his turnover percentage. Um, so you know, one, can they take care of the ball? Obviously, that's the big question. You know, White in particular, um, Kobe White, that is. And then the second question in terms of like how much have they grown up is like. All right, Luke May, like you're going to be matched up with very athletic bigs here. I mean, yep. Auburn bigs are hyper athletic. I mean, Anthony Macklemore, Dowdy, you know, OKK. I mean, these are these are very athletic bigs that can get out, guard him on the perimeter. Um, is he going to be able to still bring that Luke May stretch game and still be able to open up the offense in the lane for guys like Kobe White? That's not going to be a problem. I mean, well, not? it's not like Auburn's going to sit there and like run a possession where they f- like force you to pass it around the perimeter and like work it in. They're going to go for the steal, and there's going to be like a, a quick double a wide or open look. Steal. Yeah, Luke May's going to get open threes in this game. They're going to be able to get on the glass. Luke I will Ma- say that yeah. much. It, the The question is more on the offensive end. Can Luke May guard OKK out on the perimeter and stop him from like that pip and pop? Or pick and pop. Or yeah, yeah. Blur screen the slip blur, or whatever. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Blur screen slip. Hashtag Jordan's yeah, perfect. Yeah, Thank you. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. It, yeah, great expectations gonna, from the gonna, perimeter. I think he can stay with OKK, at least make the shots difficult. Is he going to be able to guard him? That's more the question. Yeah. All right. I mean, UNC is going to get open. But looks. then but then UNC is also going to force. Um, you know, because of the presence of Garrison Brooks, they're they're going to force Auburn to have to play Austin Wiley. You know, because of that back to the basket presence that Brooks provides, and in that high low game that May and Brooks can run. So, you know, I think that is also going to slow Auburn down just through personnel. So, um, so you like Auburn being slowed down? I I like them being slowed down here just just through their personnel and through that UNC offense, and I think that UNC defense is just good enough. And honestly, the best player on the floor for me is probably Cam Johnson, a guy that you don't really hear being talked about a lot. I mean, there's no guard on on Auburn that's going to put a hand in Cam Johnson's face, so it's going to have to be OKK out there, and that is just not a good matchup for OKK. No. Um, oh, you, you mean the uh, 12th rated most efficient offensive player in the nation, according to Ken Palm? Right. Cam like, Johnson? Like, nobody's yeah. talking about it. Like, as, as like a premier player in this Sweet 16, like, if you were to get a top five of the best players in the Sweet 16, Cam Johnson is, like, 11. You know? Like, I mean, what's up with that, man? Cam Johnson is a top three guy that's left in this tournament, and nobody's talking about him. I I like him to go off for 30. I um, agree. And, and lead UNC to a route. Route? A route really? of Auburn. Okay, a let route. me make one more Auburn point, Okay. What happens when Auburn gets their hot stretch of threes? And guess who's on the floor and says, I got this? 
Mr. Nasir Little. Oh, Mr. Nasir. He gets yeah. the ball and it's like, oh, you know what? They just hit a three. I'm going to hit a tough contested <laughs> two from 19 feet out, fading away with my pink shoes. Yeah. I had worried 20 about last Nassir, game, you're, gentlemen. You're worried about Nasir Little hero ball? I would be a little bit concerned <laughs> if I was a North Carolina fan because if Luke May gets locked up by the athletic bigs, which we've already gone over, I don't care if Cam Johnson goes for 30. If you just get Kobe White in a bad shooting night, you're going to have a chance. Yeah, You're going to have a chance. Hey, he's you're had a great a tournament so far. Who's that, Kobe White Nasir. or Nasir? Yeah, yeah, he's had a good tournament. Nasir had a great game last game, and they're <laughs> going to need him here. I, I imagine he's going to be the guy that guards Dowdy when Dowdy comes in and plays. Uh, Dowdy's been big for Auburn so far in the tournament with with that same blur screen action, we'll the see. pick and pop. Luke, so. let, me, let me tag on to something you're saying about Auburn that is – Connected to something Mike was saying. You're saying if Garrison Brooks is in, it's going to be a problem for Auburn mm-hmm. because they're not going to guard him. I, I don't really see that as a problem because they're not going to try to guard him. They don't care. All <laughs> they want to do is try and block his shot like from a secondary defender or strip the ball when it comes down in the post or like rip, you know, intercept that pass, rip it out of his hands. And then can Garrison Brooks keep up on the defensive end with like a, you know, a non-traditional or a, a big that's going to, you know, sit out on the three-point line and shoot. Mm-hmm. That, what, is that a more of a problem for UNC than it is I mean, for just, just remember what you just saw with the New Mexico State game. Those New Mexico State bigs are what brought brought that game to the brink mm-hmm. for Auburn. I mean, that I, I think I think it is actually a bigger factor than you might think. And I think, especially on the offensive glass, I, I see yeah. May and Brooks and even Little, believe it or oh, not, They're going to get tons work. of second chances. Yeah, I, yeah. For sure, I think no that that's, that's what's swaying me back to Carolina is the offensive glass, seeing, seeing as – you know, Taylor just provided the rim protection from Auburn stats. That's actually not a good stat for me. I wish they weren't a good shot blocking team because if you're contesting shots, I mean that that leaves the weak side wide open for the easy rebound and putback. Mm-hmm. So I think you've won what? me over. No, the no, only thing need, I'll say no, is No, you need to take Auburn. <laughs> we can't have a consensus. <laughs> okay, the only thing I'll Stay say is <laughs> how well they played against Tennessee those two times. They did. They okay, sure coming back did. to that. They, they sure dealt did. with those two guys pretty well. Yeah. I mean, obviously different personnel, different players, but yeah, I don't know. Tennessee's Admiral Schofield might be like the fifth or sixth best player on Tennessee. Honestly, I think Admiral's a little overrated. Um, but you're right about Grant Williams. I mean, so you no have Grant Williams, you have Jordan Bone. Who else do yeah. you have ahead of? Him? I mean, Lamonte Turner, um, the other dude, number twenty-three, your backup point guard, who's yeah, <laughs> whose name I'm blanking on uh, right now for Tennessee. I think there are better players than Admiral. Well, that was a great discussion. Yeah. I guess UNC's, I'll stick on Auburn just to be the contrary. Uh, yeah, I, I Guthrie would be all over Auburn. UNC if were, is is if too good of a passing team. They're going to get way too many open open shots, open easy baskets. I mean, I, I've been the bellhop for Carolina all year long. This doesn't feel right, but I'm going to do it. Okay, Auburn next game. <laughs> Virginia Tech Duke. You're not the hero we well. deserve, but you're the hero we need or something like that. You know. First of all, I've never seen Mike go with as many favorites as he has today. We're, am we I are, taking all chalk? We are Except favorite for heavy, all of us. We like, we're giving no, 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 a lot no. of points. I'm on, I'm on Florida State. I'm I, on Oregon. And you're on Auburn. And I'm on Auburn. I haven't picked against a favorite today. <laughs> Proudly. <laughs> I'm a front runner, baby. Look, dude, would I, you, would I, you like to start the conversation of why Duke's going to run away with this one then? For you? Look, he went 12-3 and three chalk days 3-4 and four of the NCAA tournament. I'm telling you, that it's trending in that direction. Yeah, but scrubs aren't playing the yeah, favorites that, anymore. They're yeah. playing good teams, yeah, not playing yeah. scrubs. Yeah, I don't know, man. Auburn's still in it. So remind me of this, <laughs> the line. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfair. It's <laughs> oh. unfair to Bruce Pearl. Uh, remind me of the line on this game. Virginia Tech Duke, I think it's seven right now. 
seven. It's all the way down seven. to seven. From I think it started at eight or eight and a half. Oh my gosh! And all of a sudden, nobody in the world likes Duke. No. Well, there's a there's a dirty secret out there that Duke isn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, well, I think we had made a we'd we'd established that. Uh, Duke was the line, as in the team that you would be embarrassed to lose to. Uh, that was when Zion was not playing, obviously. Zion is a is a game changer. So, you know. He's a line changer. Yeah, that's right. Oh, he's a big time line changer, no doubt about it. Apparently, he's worth about seven or eight points um, to in Vegas. Like, in five years, Zion versus Taco Fall will be like a movie <laughs> s- starring, starring, starring Kevin Bacon and the yeah, guy from the air. Up there. It'll be like The Rock, <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Uh, I don't know who you, but Kevin yeah. Bacon is, who is he? Uh, Kevin Bacon. Jordan Goldwire. Kevin yeah. Bacon is Coach K. Yeah. In the role of a lifetime. Yeah. The Rock. Uh, I can you see know, that, Shaq will probably get a cameo in there. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be great. If they could do like a little blue chips reference as well. I, it's going to be like that. one of those Uncle Drew movies where they put everyone in heavy Maybe makeup. Maybe Tanji Soroye plays Taco Fall. Yeah, perfect. Dude, yeah. I love it. It's going to be great. I know that we talked about the air up there for like 30 minutes in the cabin during uh, while we were in West Virginia. I could talk about it for 30 minutes Fantastic more. movie. <laughs> yeah. Everyone go watch that, the air That Taco there. Fall matchup was phenomenal, but it did it did reveal something that uh, I think everybody had seen statistically, but it actually brought it to a to a human level, which was that if Duke can't score in the paint, Duke can't score. Um, and so, Duke can't shoot. We've known this all yeah. along. Just somehow we get fooled because randomly against Virginia, they shoot 60%. Right, yeah. right. And, and you see them hit big shots, right? Cam Reddish hit a couple big shots in that UCF game. Um, and, you know, Dawkins – you know, for the majority of that game, is the best player on the floor for UCF. Um, so, I mean, what do you see in this Virginia Tech game? I mean, how is it different than games that we've seen in the past between these two? And and honestly, how sad is it that the two of them have to play each other and that the bracket's set up this way, that they they have to advance past one another to make it uh, to the Final Four? Any thoughts? I'm how waiting to different? go last this time. How is it different? How is it similar? Um, well, let me tell you how. Yeah, you tell me how it's different and similar. I, th- I tweeted out something about a month ago that I thought that Justin Robinson was in, as important to his team as Zion Williamson was to his. Uh, that was wrong. Um, that was a mistake by me. Justin Robinson, I, I don't know that Justin Robinson in the past couple games that he's been back has made Virginia it's a luxury. Tech better. I don't know that he's made them that much better. Um, well, he's hey, working he's his way back bit. in, right? Is he is he completely one hundred percent right what, now? He's he seems fine. You know, he's moving fine. I'm not Justin Robinson. I don't, hey, know, how okay. I, I don't know how I feel. So he looks fine to me. Um, but you know what? The problem for me is that the ball has stopped moving in, in, for large swaths of the game. I know, and I, I don't I don't like like to see that from Virginia Tech. And you know, kind of the undercover. Um, thing that not a lot of people are talking about is that Ty Outlaw will be out for this game. Yeah, Outlaw the Outlaw. Kind of like Taylor My Taylor. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That's it. Very nice Dead Poets uh, reference there. Um, you know, the I, I don't actually I mean, have you know, it in front of me. it was an actual poem before it was oh, used was in it? Dead Poets. Never right. mind. I didn't okay. know that. Oh, okay. You know, he doesn't watch movies. He's just only read the book guy. You know? Oh, good no, for I, you. I actually do love Dead Poets Society. That's a fantastic movie. Yeah, right. no, no, you would. You <laughs> it's, would. It speaks to me. Yeah, no, that, that fits in with all those things that you believe in, That and then you quickly abandon from time to time. Um, yeah, so Ty Outlaw, had uh, he had 11 in that uh, original Duke game where they, where they shocked Duke at home, um, you know, so Ty, Ty Outlaws is a big factor there. You also know? led them in rebounding against Liberty. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, it's a big loss. It's a, it's a big loss. Are we it's, sure it's a loss? He he gives them some wing length. It's a possession. Was it a possession charge? Is that what he got? 
a possession charge as in like you think the line moved too because he was out? No, why he's out. No, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Um, I think he's officially out, right? I From everything I've heard, he's officially out. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. He got he got caught with uh, some sticky icky in the pocket, I believe. Mm. What are you going to do? It's you a know? shame to me that he's going to sit out because of that. Hey, Let everybody needs a muscle relaxer, you know? Who, what are you going to put him on, Oxy or put him on a little sticky icky? You know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> so, anyways. Legalize I, it, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. The General Assembly did not agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, uh, yeah. And, Let's and get I, back to Justin Robinson. And, and his impact on Virginia Tech. I thought he was good against Liberty. I thought he had moments against Liberty. Um, it didn't turn it over much. Had 13 points, over 50% from the floor. Yeah. Throwing yeah. a couple dimes in there, at least, okay, four dimes to that's, be exact. That's Liberty. I mean, And I, also, Nikhil Alexander-Walker was nowhere to be seen in that Liberty game. But see, I think that's a problem. I think that's a problem. I think yeah. over the past six weeks, I think... Yeah, but he disappeared when Robinson wasn't even available in the second half of the he, season as well. But then he kind of came back. He came into his own. He learned how to like be more ball-dominant. Yeah, it's t- it's almost like they cancel each other out. There can only be one Highlander. Okay, I mean I know you guys are supposed to give your cases, but maybe I should just jump in here. One yeah. guy who's not going to be stopped is Blackshear. He's not, he cannot be stopped at this point of the season. Mm. It's impossible. Bolden is back. He played in the last game against UCF. You know my feelings here about the, Bolden. The force of Marquise Bolden is back. Loyal podcast listener, love you, Marquise. I thought you came around on Bolden. I thought earlier this season you were like, oh, he's giving him some good stuff. He was. He's decent. He is. He's decent. He's fine. Yeah, Blackshear's a lot better. You but think he's going to get out there and guard Blackshear on the perimeter? No. Uh, okay. Delorier can do that. Oh, you, you want Delorier in the game for a Maduke perspective. I tell you, you're going to see a lot of Delorier offensive rebounding De- with Ty Outlaw out. I know that. Delorier is an offensive rebounding savant. He and Zion, man, they crush the glass. Here's the thing. I mean, listen. Okay, go ahead. There's a lot of reasons why you could talk yourself into Virginia Tech. And when I s- talk yourself into is a bad term to use because they're not bad reasons. Right. Like, because, uh, here's one. Most teams that win NCAA games win because they made more threes. Right. There's one reason. I mean, they have a lot better shooters. They've And not just – that doesn't even do it justice. They can shoot and Duke can't. Greatest shooting team of all time. Okay, that's they're also sure. a better free okay, throw cool. shooting sure. team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. They're a better free throw shooting. I mean, there's a lot of things. There, you're gonna make the case. Uh, I'm still gonna take Duke in this game. Minus seven to win. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> and I'm gonna talk myself into this, this is first time in the podcast. You need, Maybe you need take a minute. Virginia. Go ahead, take a minute. Yeah, I All need right, a I'm minute. I'm gonna take I, over. I, I've had enough. Of I this. believe that Duke will win, and I. And I almost believe they'll cover just because I just think at this point I've just chosen to believe in something. Right. And it's Zion what is, Williamson. What is it? It's just Zion. It's right? just Zion. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I don't believe in Cam Reddish. He hits some big shots when they need it. Otherwise, he's a terrible shooter. Mm-hmm. Takes bad shots. Mm-hmm. RJ Barrett, great ISO player. To, you know, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't millivise things. You know, and that's, that's all I got. What? Trey Jones, somebody that other teams actively want to shoot and invite to shoot by leaving him unopposed like in the corner yeah um yeah i don't know all right luke what are your thoughts i can tell Listen, you're chomping at the bit. if ty outlaw was playing in this game i would take virginia tech money line and i would go hard on that and i'll tell you why nobody's thinking about virginia tech's unique defense and how it is perfectly suited to match up against duke and zion williamson 
It's a defense that I call the blob defense. We talked about paintballing a little bit when we were up in West Virginia. It's yeah. very much like a paintball. I really you wanted to shoot, shoot out, Guthrie. You shoot <laughs> <laughs> just once, just right, right. In That's my... the only person you want to shoot. <laughs> That's the only. <laughs> so you know a paintball when you shoot it splatters out. Yes. And that's what Buzz has. He's got like a paintball gun, and he shoots out three of his little defenders, and they blob out, and they just <laughs> clog up the lane. That's really the defense. I call it the blob defense. If you watch it this year and you can come up with a more creative name, please email the program. But it's a very unique defense. It's a gap-ish defense, but it, it's like a mobile gap defense to to cut off lanes. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the lane, but it can cut off a lane. Right. So I think that this like work stopping this lane, this alley, is going to follow around Williamson and maybe a little of R.J. Barrett as well. And I, I think it's going to work really well. I think they're going to force a lot of three-point shots. Mm. You've convinced me. I'm going to take Virginia Tech with the points. Okay. It was that easy. And Luke? I think they're going to shoot 40% from three, and that's all they'll need. Wow. It's a good shooting day. They shot 43 against Liberty. Mm-hmm. Liberty. They've shot better against ACC teams this year. I, I, I say they're the greatest shooting team in the history of the NCAA. Okay. I'm, I'm done. You can right, go ahead. So you're taking Virginia Tech plus seven? I am going to do it, even though I wish Outlaw was in. I really, yeah. It really hurt me today. Yeah. He's out. He's outlawed. You heard it here. He's outlawed. Um, I, for that reason, I can't take him. I, I just, I don't. Duke's going to create too many possessions through rebounds. Zion Williamson's the best, you know, sportsman on the planet. Um, you know, I best sportsman. Yeah, he's he's the he's the player to watch in all of sport right now. Um, makes and him sound like he's wearing like the green jacket. I can't go against that. Um. Yeah, I don't think Blackshear will actually be a factor at all. I like Duke. You've convinced me. I'm taking you. <laughs> I mean, Duke is... Keep me. Whoever speaks last will convince me. <laughs> I'm a swing keep voter in mind, here, baby. Keep in mind, Duke is terrible. Duke is terrible. And Virginia Tech is the greatest NCAA shooting team of all time. But give me Duke, minus seven. Crazy shit happens. NCAA tournament, you know? Sometimes basketball doesn't go how it should. And this is going to be one of those games where you'd be like, Virginia Tech should have won that game. Sorry, and they boss. ended up losing by But nine. they lose by eight or but nine. But they lose yeah. by nine. <laughs> yeah, they lose by nine or ten. Yeah, take it. So that's yeah, what you're going with. Yeah. Virginia Tech, the clearly better team, will lose by nine. <laughs> yeah, by, Well, see, and if you're picking against the seven-point line, really you're saying to yourself, oh, no, they win by 15. Yeah, they win by 15. You don't even Because you don't want to sweat it out, right? Or some people don't. Maybe I do. You do. Yeah. Well, you, you need to you feel alive. Yeah, let me arrived. tell you, if there's an 18 and a half point line where I can get Virginia Tech, I'll be all over it. I was known I, for that in West Virginia. If, maybe it'll go up to, if it goes up to 10, are you with me? Uh, Without outlaw. If it goes to 10, you have to take Virginia yeah. Tech. There's no question. I mean, that would yeah, be irresponsible. It's, not gonna, it's, it's, gonna, it's, it's gonna never going to go to 10. If it though. jumped to 10, I would take Virginia Tech money line. I think you, have to, take, <laughs> I think you have to take Virginia Tech right now, even with... Outlaw, outlaw. Seven, yeah, even with outlaw, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. But uh, I also think that sometimes I make self-destructive de- choices just to feel alive, just to right. feel the rush, you right. know. No, I've just seen to, you do that. To North know what it's like to feel something. So, yeah. You know. No, I know. I Montana can see first it. half. It's a problem. There were a lot of those over the weekend. <laughs> Drifting down the river. We finally arrived, the gentleman, at uh, Houston, Kentucky. A very nice color contrasting game of mm-hmm. red versus blue, old Halo style, all the above. Yeah. Bring it on. I like that. Good reference. I Thank like you. Halo. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great game. Good. Yeah. So we're going to have the Fighting Reed Travises and Heroes going against uh, the Kelvin Sampson Houston 
<sighs> Cougars. But yeah, the, I almost said Rockets. Cougars. Thank you. The Houston everything's. I mean, outside of losing that game to Cincinnati, I mean, pretty pretty hot team there in Houston. Don't well, they you lost think? to Taco Fall once. Ah, well, you know, but that, you know that's admirable. That happens. Yeah, college game day coming to your home disrupts your rhythms a little bit. You know, I, I like to think it was maybe that. Um, I love Houston here. I absolutely do. I don't think what PJ is Washington's going to play, right? He's still in a cast, isn't he? Uh, no, I saw an Instagram video today of PJ Washington walking without a boot. It was a video that he posted himself that said, like, get ready, like G-I-T, oh, or something wow. like that. Was it a later Graham, though? <laughs> no, Man. It was, um, no, I mean, is a later Graham like something you do earlier and then you, okay. Anyways, it is. doesn't it is. matter. Don't pretend. It, it was current, uh, but it was like one of those, like, you know, it didn't show him really striding. It was just like a little half second thing that cut. Kind of, it doesn't matter. Anyways, I think PJ's going to I'm still upset you tried to shame me about the term later Graham, low key. <laughs> Not my fault. I have to shame your lowbrow. What is it? What is the social line here? networking? What is the line? I think it's four. Isn't mm-hmm. it Kentucky minus four? I think so. Is that correct? Give Put me up. Kentucky all day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shocking. Too good a perimeter defender. Just, right. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So and I mean, you, I'll, I'll make that pick even without PJ Washington playing. Hmm. Yeah. Man. Wofford should have won. Wofford was robbed. All right, let's, let's you get would that say that no matter first. what happened. You'll always say that Wofford was robbed. <laughs> they, were they were certainly robbed of the line. They were certainly robbed of the line. They should have covered that game. Wofford. Kentucky might not hit a three in this game. Ooh. They might not. That's fine. They don't need to. You think Reed Travis is going to score like 26? I don't know, but it's not like a make or break, like the central thrust, thrust of Kentucky's game plan to make a bunch of threes, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it helps a little bit. Yeah, it helps, but... It helps a little bit. There's still the 11th rated offense in the country and the 343rd rated by number of threes attempted, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, they don't, they don't love to shoot the ball. I mean, whatever the under here is is what I would take. I this It's going to be a first game to, what, what is it they say, 60... 69 or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't see either team being able to score at at will. Um, I do think P.J. Washington is going to play. Um, you know, I, I, I hate to say it. I actually agree with Taylor. Ugh. Um, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Terrible what I did to yeah, you. Yeah, I, I You guys have agreed on every single game. This Is that true? Yeah, but, but this one hurts Mike the most. Yeah, because I really like Houston. I really like the way they play. I really like Deshaun Giroux. Giroux's, um style. I really like him being able to get to the basket at will. Um, but, you know, the perimeter defense of Kentucky is just so good. I mean, Kelton Johnson, Reed Travis, and Ashton Hagens are elite perimeter defenders. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, the counter example, which Taylor just brought up, Houston doesn't like to hang out on the perimeter. They love to get inside and score their buckets. They do. They do. Corey Davis will drive. You know, Armani Brooks is almost exclusively a three-point shooter. Galen Robinson is kind of all over the place. I'm not sure what he does exactly. But, um, but really, Houston shoots a lot more threes, too. I mean, they, they, they like it is a big part of their game. Houston's offense threes. is very underrated. Yeah, I agree with you. No I one's just, giving the Houston offense enough credit. They keep coming in waves, and they don't stop. They're relentless. They're not going to let up during this game. I, I agree. They did not let up against Ohio State, who's thought they had them locked down for a little bit. Here comes the next wave. We're just going to keep coming and keep coming. And then they they broke them. I mean, they've broken a lot of teams like that. Uh, let's think of another example. Um, I guess the first Cincinnati games, one I, I could drag back to, not the tournament game, 
but the the regular season game where they where you know it led Mick Cronin to ask for tryouts from the football right. team. I, I think I, that they can break Kentucky. I think that both these teams on defense try to force you into ISO situations, take away easy buckets, like make you take contested shots. Kentucky's players are just better suited to make those contested shots. They are more aggressive than Houston. Both these teams are good I on the offensive board. About you saying them, Kentucky's more better. I agree with that. Is, Kentu- I, I agree with Luke on that. Kentucky as well. gets to the line a lot more, and Houston. I mean, Houston on defense is aggressive. They foul a lot. PJ Washington gets the line. Yeah, I just. I mean, PJ Washington lives at the line. I. You know what? This is actually feels really good and cathartic for me. You know what? I'm off Kentucky. Show <laughs> me on Houston. Yeah. I, I could see you before that happened. Move your shoulders and roll them <laughs> yeah. and get really like excited as you, were, as you were about to say yeah, that. Yeah, dude. I like. I do like Houston overall as a team. So yeah, why not, man? I mean, I I don't think I would bet this game. I, if anything, I would get on the under. I don't see. I mean, Houston packs it in. You know, so they're they gonna do. they're gonna let Kentucky shoot the three i think um you know they they play like an umbrella and then they retract um anyways i i like yeah sure why not it's in yeah, kansas city why not join it's in me. kansas why city too kind of like that vibe for houston yeah and plus if you're going to look at a comparison team for within the sec for uh for houston um when thinking about kentucky i mean lsu is a, is a very similar team i think i think they play a very similar game so Houston holds opponents to the number one lowest effective field goal percentage in the nation, so mm-hmm. that's a good sign. Pretty good defensively. Number one lowest uh, three-point percentage in the nation, but again, I don't think that matters for Kentucky. Wow, well, yeah. I, I, we finally got a 2-1-1 in the other direction. An yeah. odd man rush the other I, way. I love it. We had a lot of Taylor Mike odd man rushes today, but finally oh, we got man. someone else. Sweet Eiffel Tower. I All can't right. wait to ignore your guys' texts when Houston wins. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend, hope, pretend uh, like I'm doing something and just with not your respond. Uh, you guys should both watch with your father-in-law. Oh, we yeah, should. Huge Kentucky fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's really what he wants is me like pulling for Houston just so I can be right. <laughs> all right, that's everything. Yeah, those are all the games. I uh, mean, do we have any um, future-ish takes about who's going to make the Final Four? Has your Final Four changed at all? I think mine's changed. I'm going to... If I can retract my Texas Tech Final Four pick, I'm going to do so right now. Okay. I have Michigan State, Virginia, and Carolina. I'm holding tight on those three. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Gonzaga. Mm, the Zags. That's kind of I don't know. That's a little bit boring. Mm. I still like the Michigan State Virginia championship game. That's still the one where well, that's I, what I have. Where I see the two two teams playing at their best right now. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm going with. I'm not going to change my final four picks because, you know, you don't change horses, you dance with the one who burned you, all that good stuff. Uh-huh. I'm very worried that they're all going to be wrong. Um, I feel tentatively, you know, kind of good about Virginia, worried about Kentucky, worried about Duke, and feel pretty good about Gonzaga. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, Gonzaga's good. They're good at basketball. Yeah, people are going to see that. See that coming up here. I like it. I like this act. Sagtastic. Well, I'll be great. Really happy I could hear y'all's thoughts. Yeah. It meant a lot to me. I'm ready for tomorrow. Yeah, today, tomorrow's depending tomorrow, on when you're today, listening. all that. It's yeah. going to be good. It's going to be good. What good basketball? This is going to be elite basketball mm-hmm. that people are going to enjoy. And, and then we have it Saturday, and then we have Sunday. Oh, man. Oh, it's, what a thank treat. Thank y'all. You it, know it, how to contact us by now, if not. Important update. I want to get this on tape 
so that either I can be embarrassed or right. Are you going to give out Randy's phone number? No, uh, no. 15 <laughs> minutes left in the game. NC State up by seven against Lipscomb. Uh, perfect time for a comeback. My, my worldview over Mike's every time. <laughs>